Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai. Hello, good morning. Hope you're well. Yes, Cornelius Lysett here with Luck on Sunday. Nick away for a couple of weeks and it's me that's going to attempt to try and fill his obviously very well made, very well polished, but rather large shoes. Wish me luck. So plenty to look forward to over the next couple of hours. And I'm absolutely delighted that uh, my guest this morning is a long standing colleague, and can I say friend? Yes, I can say friend as well. Dave Yates, newsboy of the Daily Mirror. Good you morning. You certainly may say friend. Oh, yes. thank you. Uh, good morning, Chris. Yeah, new presenter. Same shabby old pundits, I'm afraid, uh, folks. But yes, I'm sure, uh, my liege, Nick Luck does wear... I, I imagine he wears churches. Other posh shoes are available. Uh, one should <laughs> say that. But I, I've had a good look at Cornelius's footwear, and I can, uh, I can promise you that it, it is sufficient quality, much better than these Lewisham Market jobs I've got on my plates of meat. So do you think if, if Nick named a horse after the street in which his cobbler is located, it might be called German Street W1? Yeah, I imagine, I imagine it would be. Um, <laughs> can we fit that into 18, uh, 18 spaces? Certainly. I think that the... Uh, Prince of Wales, I think. Does he get churches for about two grand? I'm sure that my leisure shoes are, are slightly less than that, but still, well, I'll keep him going for a while. He's off in the uh, States at the moment, just uh, earning enough money to maybe buy another pair at the 37th Breeders' Cup. Um, I'm not sure we entirely saw coming what happened last no. night. The confidence was decent after some decent placings, uh, particularly from Battleground and uh, You Better Believe It on, on Friday night. But I'm not sure we were expecting four European successes. No, I, I certainly wasn't. I mean, I think the last few years we've been... We, we've had to make do with relatively slim pickings, haven't we? we we've targeted the turf races, and, and not all of those have come off uh, by any means. But, yes, yeah, certainly, I mean, for those of us who have watched the TV uh, in America since, uh, what... Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday morning, and found it a rather slow going, although obviously extremely important uh, process. Things really ramped up again last <laughs> night. We do you think, actually, just a quick final word on the election, do you think that the Coolmore team might have been watching uh, all those various counties in little areas of Michigan and elsewhere? Because they've got horses to name, many yeah, more horses, yeah, and right. there were all sorts of fascinating... North Carolina's got some terrific counties, I noticed, to perhaps name horses after in the future. Yeah, the... the uh, Let's hope that the horses run faster than the uh, counters <laughs> count because it has been a pretty uh, laborious process. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was uh, uh, it was very interesting last night, and we had this conversation beforehand. In that, what made it all the more interesting that they weren't necessarily the names that we normally expect uh, when it comes to glory at the Breeders' Cup. Obviously, Aidan O'Brien was on the score yeah. sheet. John Gosden wasn't. But the other three names, whilst all 
high achievers, Group 1 winners in their field, haven't been the, the names that we normally turn to when we think of uh, Breeders' Cup success. Well, when we, we'll talk about the four wins in just a second, but let's just confirm what they were, first of all. Glass slippers, successful in the turf sprint. The first time a European horse has been successful in that race, first staged in 2008. For the James Fanshawe team in Newmarket, Orderia successful in the uh, Phillies and Mares turf race, running in the colours of Alison Swinburne, the colours made famous by her dad, uh, Peter Harris, uh, and Bachelors Hall and Ackerine, won a few hunter chases, I remember Ackerine, uh, particularly well-known uh, in those colours. Uh, two wins for Ireland as well, Order of Australia leading a, an extraordinary Aidan O'Brien 1-2-3 in the mile race, a race he'd never won before, Order of Australia ridden like Orderia by Pierre Charles Boudot, uh, and uh, success then for the Dermot Weld trained Tanawa in the turf race. Dermot Weld winning his first Breeders' Cup race. I noticed, first, first of all, I mentioned jockeys there, uh, so I mentioned Pierre Charles Boudot twice and Colin Keane. Covid played a part because all of the, uh, on the two Budo rides and Colin Keane's ride replacing jockeys who weren't allowed to take part because of Covid. Well, this is, uh, I mean, uh, to say this is a side story is underplaying it. But what an incredible story this was! On Friday, we were told that uh, Christophe Soumillon had f uh, tested positive for Covid nineteen. The two horses that he was going to miss, we reported, well, Order of Australia. Don't worry about that; he won't win. But uh, obviously, Tanawa has a, a good chance in uh, in the turf. And when when uh, when Sumion, if he was watching his TV, thought, <laughs> right, oh my God, Order of Australia's won. I mean, yeah. it must, that must have been a, a terrible uh, night. And of course, Eritz Mendisabel as well uh, for Order I. So uh, you know, that was a, an incredible story. I, I, Colin Keane's input with. Tanawa is interesting, isn't it? Because Dermot Well did say beforehand, well, she does take a bit of nothing. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, we'll talk more about that in a moment. And also, I'll tell you what, we will, we will take up um, among, uh, between ourselves the expression used on American television when Tanawa won a great ride by little Colin Keane. What on earth? We'll come on to that in a second. But that, just let that rest in the air for a moment. I thought that was was one of the most extraordinary remarks to make last night. Let's take it chronologically. We're going to talk about glass slippers, first of all. So the turf sprint, it's a newer race, 2008, the first one. Never a European winner before. And my thought about glass slippers, well, uh, the, the horse is great international traveller, been to Ireland, been to France, probably is going to be up against it. Tom Eves riding for the Kevin Ryan team, but my goodness, uh, a tremendous ride by uh, Tom Eves and a storming success. Yeah, I mean, again, we must say that whilst uh, this was a first Breeders' Cup victory for both trainer and jockey, Kevin Ryan and uh, Tom Eves, they're no stranger to victory at the highest level in Britain, indeed in Europe. Um, particularly pleased for, for Tom Eves, who mm. I think is a jockey that over the years you could just set your clocks by. An, an incredibly a consistent and reliable jockey. Uh, with Glass Slippers, she's uh, she was a, an Abbey winner, of course, last year. Denied a neck in that race, but she won the Flying Five at the Curragh. Yeah. Kevin Ryan said afterwards that they, they, they got more confident day by day, didn't they? Because he said she's a, she's a good traveller, but obviously going to Ireland is one thing, and then going to uh, Kentucky 
completely another, I would imagine, in terms of obviously travel conditioning, etc. He said that the day by day we got happier as she as she mm. ate and drank and was evidently at home in her surroundings. But yeah, a, a great achievement by both. But as I say, Tommy, that was a, that was a spectacular ride. Well, Glass Slippers trained in North Yorkshire by Kevin Ryan, and the uh, Ryan team will no doubt have been celebrating as much as uh, it can do uh, in the current, under current regulations overnight. And I'm delighted to say that Amy Ryan, daughter of Kevin, partner of Tom Eves, is able to join us on the line uh, right now. Congratulations, Amy. What, what, you know, what, a, what a race, what a result, and what a ride from Tom Eves. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, it's, it's what dreams are made of, isn't it? And the filly's just done us proud year in, year out, and she's really just topped off. You know, tough year for everyone. I think to go out there and take your chance was, you know, it was a risk itself, but it paid off, and um, all credit to the filly. She's just unbelievable. And what, what was all of your attitudes going out there? Because the feeling was, I think, widely, she's really good. You know, these American sprinters, they, they create mountains to climb. Yeah, I think the American sprinters, I think the gate speed is really their attribute, isn't it? But I think as soon as she jumped on terms with them, obviously that's the first thing out of the way. And she just, she's a filly, everyone knows she comes good at this time of year. So we sort of try and plan her uh, program around getting her ready for this time of year. And she was absolutely bouncing before she went out. And then when she went out there, she was getting so fresh and well. And you know, they sort of tell you when they're ready, those kind of horses. But like you mentioned, she, I think these top horses, especially the sprinters, I think their attitude is the main thing. And she's so laid back. You see down at the start, she's just walking around. She doesn't turn her hair. And I think especially those sprinters, she just saves enough for herself. She's so laid back. She travels great. You don't even know she's on the horse box. She's an absolute star. And um, I think that's a, a big positive, especially going out to a, to a race like that. And your owners, the Holcrofts, uh, I saw Terry on the um, television last night, ecstatic, clearly, to have, uh, to have pulled this off, uh, this off with, a, with a horse that they've um, been following for, for so long because they bred it themselves, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine for them, especially breeding her, would be an even bigger buzz. But, you know, Terry and Margaret have been supportive of us, us for a long, long time, which we're very grateful for. And to be able to go through this journey with them, they're great people. Uh, it makes it all a bit better, I think, uh, going through this sort of journey with people that have stood by you for so long. And what was it like for you following from North Yorkshire when your fiancé was riding, when your, your father's there, you're so much part of the team? Were you able to celebrate? Uh, not really. I don't think any of us can really do much, can we? I, to be honest with you, I was feeding horses at half five, so I literally just nipped in. Uh, me and Tom built a yard uh, over the last year, so we're full at the minute, which is why I didn't go out there. Um, obviously, I wish I had now, but hindsight's a great I bet thing. you do. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're busy here at home, so I literally finished feeding up and then nipped in to watch the race, and there's not really much you can really do at the minute with, um, obviously, the restrictions that are implied over here, but it, it's fantastic, and, you know, everyone, my phone was absolutely buzzing, so it's great that we have so many supporters, and um, the horse and Tom have loads of, you know, people supporting them throughout the journey as well. I'm sure there was lots of screaming down the telephone or down the FaceTime uh, or whatever. Any particular plans with glass slippers now? I imagine now, obviously, she'll have a break now. As to what's going to happen next year, I don't, I'm not going to comment on that because I don't know for sure. Right. Um, but I'd love to see her back next year in training, but that's completely up to the owners, and I'm sure they'll discuss it with my dad. Um, but I think they'll just get, get over yesterday and let her have a nice winter break. Um, she always thrives when she goes home for a holiday. She always comes back looking fantastic. And like I said, because she, she is a second 
year horse, second part of the year horse, um, there's not going to be any rush to get her back in if she does come back. But um, I'm not sure yet. Nothing set in stone as far as I know. Um, but it's been a fantastic journey so far. So it'd be amazing if we could carry it on next year. Amy, congratulations. It's Dave. I think that your dad might have mentioned Del Mar next year uh, as a possibility. But the fact that she... Uh, that she's got an Abbe victory, a narrow Abbe defeat, means that I suppose your your planning is pretty much done for you, isn't it, if she stays around next year? Yeah, absolutely. I think, they, like I said, she's a horse. They sort of make a programme for her and they aim for all the second half of the year. And the fact that she travels so well is a massive bonus. And um, the fact that, obviously, she'd won round Chester. I know people are concerned about the bend, but she's won round Chester. Well, Chester's one of the tightest tracks in England, isn't it? So that wasn't really a concern for us. So but she's very versatile, really. I think she's proved that last night. Um, but I think, yes, I think the performance last night was outstanding, personally. I thought she was unbelievable. Well, let's move on to Tanawa now and the turf race. And I suppose uh, when you're thinking international trainers, you immediately think of Dermot Weld. And um, it almost seems like, uh, well, almost as strange as Aidan never having won the mile, that Dermot Weld had never won a Breeders' Cup race uh, before now. Tanawa ridden to victory by Colin Keane. And Colin Keane, I thought, showing his coolness because clearly Siskin's performance will have been disappointing uh, for, the, for the whole team earlier on. Uh, but he put that behind him. He got on this horse for the first time and um, Tanawa did the business. Yes, well, to continue that share analogy, <laughs> if... Colin Keane were a share, then obviously his stock has risen considerably over the last couple of years. Bye, bye, bye. But still, if if I were one of those, are they hedge fund managers, whatever they are, I think I'd say to my clients, there's still quite a bit of juice in this, you know. (laughs) I I think he's going to go up in 2021. and, And so it proved. As you say, Dermot Weld, before loads of other trainers were not cashing in, but exploring the the aspect of international competition. You know, he, Melbourne Cup's a long he, time ago. He, he was a pioneer. Uh, mm. Vintage crop, is a, a Belmont stakes. You yeah. know, b- before... Th- he was winning races when lots of other trainers were, were making excuses about how it was very, very hard to go and win abroad. He was doing it amazing that those previous 16 runners had missed the target. He's going to tell us why, I suspect. Yeah, I'm delighted to say that the Master of Rosewell is uh, with us on the line from uh, County Kildare. Dermot, good morning and congratulations from all of us. We're just saying, can't quite believe that you haven't had a Breeders' Cup winner uh, before, but uh, a great way to, to finally break your duck. It was, it was indeed, and <clears throat> you know the Breeders' Cup turf is always one of the best races of the world, and it's very lovely to win it. So you, you're you're sitting at home. Yeah. Um, you, you'd been concerned, hadn't you? Uh, clearly, you, you you weren't concerned about Colin Keane as a jockey, but you'd been concerned that the rider on board wasn't as familiar with the horses um, as he might have been. <clears throat> exactly, because as you saw. It's a very tight turf track, and it's not. It's you know what I mean. It's nice to know your horse because you need every everything in your favour <laughs> when you go into a race like the Breeders' Cup turf. And what what was the timeline? So what what, what how did you get the news what, that that um, you were going to have well, to make these changes? Yeah, well, she always breaks slowly from stalls, so we decided on Thursday morning that we'd scoot her out of stalls on the track in Keeneland, and uh, arranged with Christoph Sumian to do that. Uh, which he duly did. And she jumped out nicely for him. We're very happy. It was her final little preparation. 
and Christoph Sumian was delighted with her. And um, about an hour later, I heard that he was positive for COVID-19. So what went through your mind? Well, we just had to get a replacement jockey. I was extremely satisfied and confident with my filly. Decision then was whether to go for an American rider. I've been lucky down the years with some very good American riders who've written winners for me there, like Castellano was available, and our wait and get a European rider. Uh, Frankie the Tory was riding in the race, and um, I just thought, why not go with Colin Keane? He's out there. He rides in the mile before that. He's riding at the top of his form, and he's an outstanding young rider. Mm. Uh, and were you concerned about the ground? Because yes, yes, it was gone a little bit firm. I thought it was, you know, it had been dry winds all the week, and then nice bit of sunshine. And, and as you know, the official going was changed to firm. And American firm is quick ground. And am I right in saying that how many times did you use Colin before? Because clearly he's in demand across Ireland. I think just once before. He rode a very nice race for me once before in Cork. That's the only time I can remember him riding for me. So two nice races now. (laughs) Usually usually he's riding against me, you know. And you must remember the last year when Pat Smullen was riding. um, Colin only beat Pat by one for the championship. Pat was going for his 10th Irish championship and Colin beat him by one. Mm. And you mentioned Pat there, and as well as cheering you and the team on with Tanawa last night and seeing those colours back in the, the, the big race winner's enclosure, I think Pat's, Pat's memory was going through, through many minds, and I'm sure uh, particularly through yours. Most definitely. You know, it was, the one, it was the only aspect of the great victory last night was sad, was how much I just thought even this morning how much Pat would have enjoyed riding Tarnava. They were basically made for each other because she's a tough filly. She's a classic stare with speed. And that was the sort of horse that Pat rode so exceptionally well. Um, what, what's the plan with Tanawa now? Obviously, you've got, you've got to talk to everybody, but uh, have yeah, you got thoughts got in your mind? Have, yeah, the discussions will be made, discussions with Pat Downs, with His Highness, and decision will be made. No decision has been made. Will she be retired or will she be raced again next year? And have you got a particular instinct on, on how that will work out? Or? No, no, it's too soon. We'll just see how she comes out of the race and we see what their thoughts and their plans are. Dermot, congratulations. It's Dave Yates here. Um, just with regard to 2021, obviously she's ended 2020 on the back of three Group 1 wins or two yes. Group 1s and, and a Grade 1. She's favourite for next year's Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. And I know that's not something sure. that wouldn't necessarily bother you but surely she's a she looks like her upward curve this autumn has been pretty steep doesn't it it indicates that there that there ought to be more to come in 2021 should she remain in training i think that's a very very fair comment i do i have to agree with everything you've said there but his highness has had a you know history of retiring fillies at the end of the three or four year old career so whether an exception will be made for her or not i don't know and Dermot, the Prix de l'Opera, what a yes. what a race that's turning out to be! <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it was. I was delighted for James Fanshawe. It was a wonderful victory for him in the Phillies and Mares, and uh, yeah, because Tarnawa, you know, came from a long way off the pace pace in ground that was actually too testing for her. Uh, she she she's an amazing filly. If you think she's won on very fast ground in America last night, 
and she's won in very heavy and testing ground a few weeks ago in Paris. Mm. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, Dermot, but do you have a slight tinge of regret that you you could have gone for the arc in, instead of uh, yeah. the 10 furlong race? Look, we discussed it beforehand. We came up to our decision. Hindsight is everything. You must remember... <laughs> All the Aidan O'Brien horses were withdrawn on the day of the arc. It would have been a very different arc pace-wise on the day. Enable, we weren't to know that the ground was going to be so bad. It was, it was, there was a lot of changing pieces happened over the last week before the arc. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel, Dubai. Right, let's come back to this side of the Atlantic and concentrate on some of the major domestic races of Saturday. I think we're going to go to Wincanton to start off with. Uh, and uh, the Badger Beers Silver Trophy, which is uh, uh, a favourite race of mine. Look out for in the green and blue colours, the noseband there, El Presente. However, Robbie Power and uh, that uh, fall at that uh, point of the race. Yeah, going well at the time too. Uh, this was, well, it's a, it's a race that Paul Nichols has dominated over the last few years and he had a, a strong contingent again here, favourite uh, Danny Wisbang and, of course, present man who's just in about fifth place there. But, yeah, El Presente is really on a, a roll over fences. Look at his size compared to some of those horses yeah. he's racing against. Absolutely. Kim Bailey and David Bass last week, I think, probably went to the Charlie Hall with high hopes with vindication, and as it turned out, surname. As that fall again, uh, uh, happy that everybody got up, yeah. got up okay. But uh, that, that is part of the drama of horse racing, particularly steeplechasing, isn't it? Some, those type of things. Yes, indeed. And, and I, I think that... It, it, I think Wincanton in particular is a great place to watch steeplechasing. I think it's a, the, the steeplechase course there is, is marvellous. But this was... I mean, a, a horse who continues just to rise through the ranks. And there, there are a... A, a partnership, uh, it's sort of opposites attract in the case. Well, in, in Kim and David. Yeah, they, they, they're, a, uh, they, uh, I, I suppose what, uh, they, there are many different aspects uh, to their characters, aren't they? Or, or opposing aspects to their characters. Not least their diet. The diet. trainer loves a bit of steak and chips. I suspect their politics probably as well. Might be a bit uh, different. <laughs> Apparently, Kim Bailey's blog the other day, he said, uh, we drove to Weatherby talking about suspensions. And I, I thought to myself initially, what jock is suspensions? It was the day Jeremy Corbyn had been suspended from the Labour Party. So I think there was a little bit of extra yeah. satire from Kim Bailey there. Indeed. But, uh, you know, they've, you, they're united to some, some effect at the moment. Absolutely. And uh, great to see uh, Mark Davis, Richard Pilkington, Charles Yarbrough and Francis Brooke with a really nice horse. And David Bass is able to join us now. David, good morning to you. Congratulations with El Presente. Good morning, Cornelius. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no, it was great. How are you? Yeah, good, but probably not as good as you, to be perfectly honest, um, the, the, the way things are going. You used an expression on television yesterday, which I'm inclined to dislike, which is jump for fun, because I always find every time I say jump for fun, they, 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 they fall at the next fence. But that horse does, dare I say, jump for fun. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's always been um, a very natural, athletic jumper, um, and 
yeah, I mean that's why I like riding him so much because he's got loads of scope and um, he just he just travels and jumps. So um, yeah, no, he's always been a really good jumper, and I think um, jumping was a main attribute to why he he won yesterday. And but then coming down towards the closing stages, he'd been bang there, and then he did hit a bit of a flat spot, didn't he? And I thought, is it, is this going to happen? Yeah, he always hits a bit of a flat spot, um, sort of you know, mid-race, um, that's just him, he always does that, but he, he stays very well and he always gallops, gallops strongly to the line, so um, I thought if I could just sort of latch on to the horse of the Paul Nicholas that, that's gone clear, then, you know, I'd have a chance, um, but he, you know, he, he was really tough at the end and uh, it was a really good performance. Absolutely, and drama, we're just seeing the, the replay of the race here, drama with those fallers uh, in the closing stages. Dave and I were just talking while we were just trying to get through to you about uh, your association with Kim Bailey. And we, we had a little wry smile on our face, David, because we, we, we felt it was a case of opposites attract. Uh, Dave mentioned politics, which we won't get into. That's happening on BBC One at the moment. But also diet. You're, you're a well-known vegan as well. But it is an opposites attract situation, isn't it? Um, yes, I suppose you're right. Um... But then again, I, my, my politics are probably quite opposite to a lot of people in the industry. Um, but yeah, no, it, it seems to sort of Kim and I sort of have a have a good bit of banter about it, and um, it never gets too serious. But um, yeah, we're we're definitely at the opposite end of the political spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was saying to Dave, I saw him write on his blog that you were talking about suspensions the other day, and it wasn't jockey suspensions, it turned out. It was Jeremy Corbyn's suspension from the Labour Party. But let's not go there for the... Yeah, for, no, for, let's not go there. No, no. <laughs> but your yeah, number of winners in the last couple of weeks, I think you've ridden 10 winners in the last couple of weeks. You, you've been following racing for a long time, and you've seen trainers and jockeys, jockeys and trainers, hitting put these purple patches. Can you put your finger on just why this purple patch is so purple for you and the team at the moment? Um, I, I, the horses are just very healthy. Um, and, and, and like I said yesterday, it, it's a massive team effort. And, um, you know, they, everyone at home has just, has just got the horses in great, in great health. Um, they're very fit, um, it, it, you know, just in great form. And they're obviously helping each other at home. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's, a, that's made a big difference. But, you know, you can't really put your finger on it, um, but we just we try and enjoy it when it's when it's going as well as this. David, Dave Yates here. Congratulations for yesterday. Um, I, I think one interesting aspect to this, as far as Kim uh, and indeed yourself uh, are concerned, is that. This is very much a resurgence of the stable, isn't it? I mean, you weren't around in 1990, Mr Frisk and Mr Marcus Armitage, obviously, 95, the, the Gold Cup and Champion Hurdle, Double, Alderbrook and Master Oates. But Kim had some fallow years, but horses like Imperial Aura, you must have been really impressed with him. That, that Colin Parker race at Carlisle is, is invariably won by a horse very much on the way up. And even Vindication, although it was disappointing that he was beaten by surname, he got very, very, he got surprisingly close to the winner, considering that his, his jumping was a bit ponderous at Weatherby. Yeah, hi Dave. Yeah, yeah no, um, as you say, um, I was delighted with both Imperial Aura and, and Vindication. Um, and yeah, look, Vindication got. got close to surname and he, he probably could improve on his jumper a little bit but um, 
you know, as you say about Kim, you know, I remember his his um, his sort of glory days back in the 90s with the good horses he had, um, and he obviously went through a, a very quiet period. Um, but he's he's come back and, and built a very you know good team around him at home, um, and you know now it's it's great that I'm sort of part of of Kim coming back with with good horses um, that we can we can go to the big big days and compete. Um, you know, and I think it's it. You know, I suppose it is credit to him that he's, he's he's managed to bounce back over the past few years. But he, like I said, he's built he's built a really good team at home, um, and you know, I, I'm just I'm sort of lucky to be part of it. I suppose. Well, look, um, Dave, you're off to Stratford today. I think have you got have you got a standout at Stratford that we should be watching on uh, racing TV later on in the day? Um, I ride quite a nice horse in the bumper um, called Hard Fashion. Um, hard fashion yeah hard fashion um, hopefully he can he can run a big race okay well look best of luck with him I always like it when a, a jockey says I ride quite a nice horse in the bumper immediately write down the name David well done yesterday with El Presente keep up the good work and thanks very much for joining us on Luck on Sunday this morning thanks Cornelius have a good day thanks very much yeah that that's great that horse I think Kim and the team they're thinking about the Bet365 Gold Cup uh, the old Whitbread Gold Cup, which he won with Mr. Frisk and he won with Docklands Express back in the 1990s. Uh, Docklands Express wasn't a big horse like El Presente, but no. I think they feel with grand conditions in his favour, jumped so well, they're looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think one thing that, that, that David said there and you alluded to was, was the fact that the horse could hit and did hit a flat spot. And in that sense, Wincanton might not have been... He, he might have won that race in spite of the track rather than they go so because fast. of it. That it, yeah. it is, you know, mm. there aren't too, too many places to catch your breath. So Sandown. Going around there. Yeah, Sandown, yeah. you would think, would be much more uh, his cup of tea. Well, let's go back to Wincanton now. We're going to concentrate on the Unibet Elite Hurdle. And uh, so Royal, uh, the, in the green colours here... I think he must be a lot of people's favourite horse, this uh, So Royal. What a lovely, what a lovely performer. Yeah, I mean, to, to think that this horse won this race in 2016. He then went chasing. He was a grade one winner over fences as a novice. He got that really impressive victory, didn't he, in the Henry VIII novices chase on the Tingle Creek undercard. Didn't manage to add to that... As a in open company over fences, he was very impressive at Chepstow over hurdles last month, and he's built on this again here from a, a small but pretty select field. And what a day this was for the trainer! He, he won the November handicap on the flat with on to victory. So Royal wins this. He got within a, I think it was a short head of winning. The Badger Beers. Probably which El Presente had a rather flatter spot. With, with Cotterman. <laughs> yeah. So we, we were very nearly looking at a trainer who had mocked up the biggest race over fences, hurdles and on the flat on the same Saturday afternoon. And given that dual-purpose training is not the fashion, that's a rarity, isn't it? Yeah, and, and three winners at Royal Ascot as well. I'm delighted to say that Alan King is joining us from Barbary Castle now. Good morning, dual-purpose trainer. Good morning, Cornelius. Yeah, what 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 a few minutes yesterday with um, with So Royal with on to victory and only narrowly missing out in the big chase at Wincanton. Yeah, it was certainly an exciting sort of forty five minutes. Um, yeah, terrific, terrific, terrific afternoon. 
We're talking about So Royal. I, I, he's a favourite because he's been around a bit and he's had plenty of success and he's so such a likeable character. I guess he's a he's a big, uh, a very popular figure at, at your place as well. He is indeed. Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the best best horses we've had for the last few years. But um, he's quite a character. When he's out and ridden, he's, he's an absolute gentleman. But I must admit, he's one horse I will never go near in the stable unless he's tied up. <laughs> yeah. Go on, go on, paint well, a picture. Teeth and uh, teeth and back legs come at you, and and uh, it's not just a threat. I think he would actually follow it up. But, uh, but when, when he's out uh, exercising, when he goes to the races, he's a total gentleman. But he's he's got an edge to him. He's got his 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 own little kingdom of a, a, a of a box. So um, g- great to see him win there. What what is he going to stay hurling? Might he go chasing? What what's the plan with Sir Royal? Well, he seems very well this morning, and he's Good. out the paddock. We might. Um, I'll speak to Bromley later on on, on the morning. We might put him in the Schleur um, at Cheltenham next Sunday. I know so it's a bit quick, but it's you know he is very much a good ground horse, um, and we might just try and make hay while the weather holds, and, and then sort of maybe give him a, a mid-season break. But uh, you know, we're, we're, it's an option. And he had wind surgery, didn't he, before the uh, earlier on in the year? Yeah, we, we sort of looked at him at the end of last season, and. Um, Ben Breen thought he could just tidy up his soft palate. So we, we gave him his summer break, and then he came back in, and we got him sort of three parts fit, and then we cauterised the soft palate. And, you know, it, it seems to have helped him. And he's, he's a funny horse, isn't he? Because he's very likeable, he's very successful, but uh, he sort of, um, you know, on the, on the really biggest days, he finds, um, he finds the deep end quite deep. Well, I mean, most horses find Alto are pretty deep, yeah. don't they? And he's, he's been second to him several times. I don't think there's any disgrace in that. But um, anyway, look, well, he's been a pleasure to have, and we're, we're thoroughly enjoying him. I bet. And on to victory at Doncaster, um, uh, emerging from the Merck for a, for a big flat success. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he's been running well all... all um, his three runs prior to, to yesterday, he was a bit unlucky not to win at Hader. They sort of stopped in his run, and the winner got first run in him. But it, it gave um, James a chance to get to know him. And um, I mean, we were—I'm not saying in hindsight—but we were pretty hopeful he had a great chance yesterday. Um, he was relatively fresh, and he, he, he handled the ground extremely well. So we, we were hoping for a good run. Alan, it's Dave. Congratulations on yesterday. How do you reflect on? on 2020 on the flat? I mean, it's been obviously a, a very difficult season logistically for trainers. You must, you, you've taken on some targets and you've hit some targets. Do you think about 2021 and, a, and, and trying to push the, the flat operation a, a bit further? Oh, I think definitely. I mean, we're, this has been the biggest team we've had this year and it looks like growing again um, uh, for next season. You know, we bought a few yearlings already and then we'll, we'll get stuck into the breeze up in the spring so um, you know a couple of years ago we were probably 70-30 jumping I think it's close to 60-40 and it, it, it could get to 50-50 fairly soon and it's something I'm you know we've, we've made progress and I'm, I'm not going to take my foot off the accelerator I'm going to push hard we've actually spent a lot more money on flat horses than we have on the jumpers this last uh, few months and it's, somebody's theory is Alan that, that uh, you, you have to get horses to a certain level of fitness to run in hurdle races and steeplechases and then that turns out that level of fitness what you're achieving with them turns out to work pretty well in terms of long distance flat races is that a is that a fair way of looking at it really for me to say i mean i'm sure the big flat trainers get them pretty fit as well but um, 
I don't know. And I, th- I think a lot of our horses actually improved for a spell over hurdles. I think on to victory, although he didn't win last year, you know, I think it made a man of him. And that's maybe another reason that some of these horses improve, having had a spell over hurdles. And three Royal Ascot wins and the success on, on Champions Day at Ascot. You know, wow. Any, any person best, best known for flat racing would be delighted with that kind of record. It's been an excellent summer, and um, just a pity I haven't been to any of them. But I've, I've got quite used to staying at home now, and um, you know it, I'm enjoying. We did three lots on the gallops yesterday. I was still watching third lot work at twelve o'clock, not having to rush in to drive to the races. So when we do get back racing, it's probably going to come as a bit of a shock. But so there we are. Are you a good? So, are you a good sofa spectator? Oh, I don't think the dogs would think that. I was sort of <laughs> leaping around a bit yesterday, but there we are. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel, Dubai. Our next guest combines two jobs, one as a racehorse trainer, the other as a beauty therapist. And although one is liable to lockdown, it does mean uh, there is more time for the other. Sheila Lewis is who we're talking about, the very much informed <coughs> Sheila Lewis, based at Three Cocks, a village on the Wales-Herefordshire border, named, since you ask, after the, a local coat of arms of a local family. And she has, you can see she's joining us uh, there, along with Katie Powell, her jockey. She's a very much informed trainer and has saddled seven winners already this season. And on Tuesday, the 13th of October, uh, three at Hereford. And uh, I'm sure, good morning to you both. Morning, uh, Sheila. Morning, Katie. Thanks for joining us. Uh, j- just mention of Hereford and three winners morning. and the horses... They bring smiles to both your faces. <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely delighted. Yeah, amazing. And so it's called the beauty mill, isn't it? You're, let's, let's just talk about that side of the business for a second. So the beauty mill, you do massages. You do, I've, I've seen lots of pictures of people having their, uh, their toenails and their fingernails polished and, and uh, decorated. So you do a bit of everything there. Yeah, that's right. We're in actually in the beauty mill now. Uh, you can see the products behind us, and I just mix a few photos of the of the racing. But yeah, we do everything here: uh, facials, waxing, spray tans, manicures, pedicures, hot stone massage, and we've also got a hairdresser as well. So we're quite a one-stop shop, really. And, and how do you combine that with tra- how do you combine that with training racehorses? Well, I sort of just scramble along, really. My nails are dreadful, um, but I've just juggled for quite a while now. I've had the salon for 20 years, so it's been um, a good business. Good, Yeah, it's just alongside of where we live. We live in an old mill, and that's why it's called the Beauty Mill. Um, and I've been training for about the last six years. Uh, previous to that, I had a couple of point-to-pointers, and I got a permit to train, and then I went for my full licence I think it's four or five years ago. So I do the horses in the morning and then I'm in the salon after. I, I love a quote from you. It's been really tough because they're completely opposite, which appears to be one of the great understatements, uh, the beauty side of things and the racing side of things. Well, absolutely. It's a, a, a total contrast, yeah. Well, it certainly is. And seven, seven wins this season, two of them ridden by Katie, Katie Powell uh, sitting next to you. Um, and um, 
Katie, your first two rides, both for Sheila, and they both won. Yeah, it was quite unbelievable, really. I was really lucky to have two really good horses and um, so close together. Um, it's just unbelievable. And you, you're 18 years old. You, you're part of, the, part of the operation as well. But am I right in saying uh, things have to sort of be worked slightly around you because you haven't got your driving test yet? No, not yet. Um, obviously, because of COVID and everything. But my parents are pretty good in ferrying me around everywhere and they're supporting me with the racing, which helps because they're willing to take me everywhere I want to go. And you used to, you, did you represent, were you a junior gymnast for Wales as well? So, you, you know, you've been quite an athlete. Yeah, I've done a few competitions and um, then I was showing as well as gymnastics. So I had to kind of decide which one I wanted to do. And I went down the line of horses and then stopped gymnastics from then. What was your speciality in the gym? Um, I'd done a bit of everything, really. Didn't quite know what I wanted to do, um, as well as doing horses. So I decided just to do a bit of everything with gymnastics and decide what I liked. And then horses kind of took over, really. Sheila, you're, you're some family, aren't you? Because your husband, Peter... Uh, has got a petrol station. Your dad and you, uh, your dad Brian Davis and you, teamed up to win uh, a lot of trotting races. He's also a champion sheep shearer. Your 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 son plays rugby for Scarlets. Your daughter is uh, an important cog in the NHS. What a family! Yeah, that's right. I know. If I was going to be, if I knew I was going to be this good as a broodmare, I would have had a lot more children. <laughs> Sheila, it's Dave Yates here. Congratulations on, on the way things have been going. How, how has COVID-19 affected your, your main business? Has, has, that, has that been hit? Has that almost created more time to concentrate on the horses over the last few months? Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, in March, we were totally closed down until, like everybody else, until about July. Then I reopened in July, and I'm probably on a third of my uh, turnover at the moment. It's a lot quieter. Obviously, it's such a personal thing. People don't want the risk of coming in and catching anything, and they just and also people aren't going anywhere. They're not going out. They're not going on holidays. No weddings. So it's taken a huge hit. Um, so I've spent a lot more time with the horses, haven't we? A lot more time. Haven't had to rush back to open the salon. So, yeah, we've taken a lot more time and, oh, huge, hugely, um, I think they've benefited from it, yeah. In terms of the racing, the, the, the big yards are everywhere these days. They don't just concentrate on, on the, the top races. Presumably that makes it tougher for a, a smaller yard to to get a, a piece of the action like you've been doing over uh, the last few weeks? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, um, oh, gosh, I've had years of driving in in my lorry and looking at all these big lorries either side and with all their names, you know, Skelton, Paul Nichols, and I thought to myself, what on earth am I doing? I'm such a small fish in a big pond. Um but just sheer determination and work. And I'm really blessed with a lot of nice horses now, really good horses, that they've all come together at the right time. 
and some great owners, which has been lovely because to, you know, have horses in training in this and not being able to come to the races, that's, you know, that's been a big thing. So I've been lucky for them, yeah. It's certainly coming together. Just one final question. I've got a friend who's in his 50s, <laughs> slightly worried about hair loss. Uh, should he uh, have the whole lot off, or are there various treatments that might just sort of produce a bit of a rear guard uh, as he approaches his mid... as, as my friend uh, approaches his <laughs> mid-50s? Uh, well, he probably... He could shave it off, and then there is certain treatments he could have. Um, you can actually sort of ooh, massage the head of it, and uh, ooh, just if you could massage his head, sort of like this, <laughs> it will stimulate the growth. Worth bearing in mind. Thank you. Well, no, no, no one will ever say you don't get all sorts of expertise on uh, luck on Sunday. I want you just to paint just just before we go, Sheila. Um, paint a little bit of a picture so of your day. So you've got your seven or eight horses, but you've got, in normal times, you've got your clients as well. Just how, how literally, how does your day work out? OK, so I usually wake up about six. I'm on the yard for about quarter past six. Um, and then Katie arrives sort of half six. We feed, clean out, we ride out. We've got eight horses. Uh, six, you know, racing and two youngsters. So we can we can do four lots before I start in the salon. So I come back down into the salon, change, perfume, and uh, I'll have clients in. Then I could have one in at eleven, twelve, one, right through till six o'clock, and then I go back up to the stables and I do evening stables. And I'm nothing for me to be up there till about eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. And that day at Hereford, the, the treble at Hereford. Uh, trebles by anybody are memorable. But when you, you've got you know, half a dozen horses, as you say, racing, just, just sort of just talk us, well, don't talk us through the day, but talk us through your thoughts on that day at Hereford. What was it, Tuesday the 13th of October? Well, I think... I think that they all kind of went there with chances. And I said to Katie in the morning, gosh, if I had a proper betting app on my phone, I would have done a treble on them because I actually did think that they all stood chances. Strawfan Jack is a really improving horse and we thought a lot of him. It was just a question of when he got his act together. Um, and Knight Commander, the second win, he probably was our um, guaranteed winner, we thought, really because he'd had two runs before and he was just unlucky not to win. And then Cotton End, well, she kind of was the biggest shock because she just improved so much. She seems to have pr improved the races that she's gone on. She's settling in her races and just really kind of finishing well. So it was incredible. To have the double, the two were just... Ha we ha I was content with the two, but then to have the three was just took us in an out-of-body experience, really. <laughs> well, I, I bet it did. I, 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 uh, and then you had a couple more with, with, um, with Katie on board and the pride that you obviously felt for each other when I saw you interviewed on Racing TV at the time. You were obviously chuffed a bit at what you'd achieved, but so glowing with pride just for, for, for each other, Katie. Yeah, definitely. Um... Obviously, because we don't have so many horses, it's a big thing to lead up a winner. And 
for Sheila as well. It's just can't thank them enough, really. Her giving me the opportunities and the owners um, on both Night Commander and Stupid Cupid. And it was just, I was more pleased for them than myself because they deserve it so much. Right. I think I'm correct in saying that riding on the flat in Britain at the moment, there are six riders who've ridden 2,000-plus winners. Dave Yates is still with me in the studio. Uh, I'll give you a couple. Well, Frankie Dettori and Ryan Moore, I'll give you a couple. Right. Uh, you'll, you'll have heard the news this week about Paul Hannigan. Um, the other three. three. Joe Fanning. Joe Fanning, four. Four. One combining jumping and flat. Jim Crowley and oh. Jamie Spencer. Uh, so those are the six. Paul Hannigan reached 2,000 this week at Newcastle. We're going to chat to him in a second, but first are a few of his many good bits over a long and glittering career. The Checker Society Rock and Hortensia and Hawkeye the New will hit the chase for Charlie July Cup glory for Mason, Richard Fahey and Paul Hannigan. But this at the moment is a one filly race and that one filly is Tegruda unbeaten and Tegruda makes it three out of three and wins the investigation. And Tropics will have the lead over Muharra racing in second. Tropics trying to hold the three-year-old racing up towards the line. Very tight. The Sands of Marley not stopping. Harry Angel trying to bridge the gap, but Sands of Marley is not for passing here and keeps on going heroically. It's a duel of the Dubai Gold and Jaheen. Muharra, XYJ and Moses together. Muharra has won the Dubai Gold and Jaheen. Majestive Dawn burning right down the stand side in the hands of Paul Hannigan has taken the field apart. Majestic Dawn winning the Cambridgeshire this year, one of the stories of the year. And it saw Paul Hannigan returning to the big race winners enclosure. 2,000 winners reached this week, that landmark at Newcastle on Tuesday. The horse called Anif. And I'm sure 2001 was even as special for Paul Hannigan because it came back at Newcastle. Hong Kong Harry trained by his great ally of many years, Richard Fahey. And by the power of technology, yeah, there he is. We can say good morning to Paul Hannigan at home in North Yorkshire. Paul, good morning and congratulations. 2001 now, I think, not out. Oh, good morning, Cornelius. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, that that was a a pretty special moment getting the um, the, the 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 two thousand winners. So uh, it was it was a great day. Thank you. And and uh, I, I'm I'm pleased you say that because you know you you sports people you do have lots of landmarks and we in the media do say he's ridden this he's done that he's reached this total he's achieved that. Uh, it it does matter, does it? Two thousand. I really hope it does. Oh, it certainly does. I mean, it's you know probably the the people that are closest to you will, will will probably vouch for this, but it's all the kind of the hard work that 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 you put into it from an early age, um, the getting up early in the mornings, the the not going out with with with, with your mates when you when you want to go out, and um, you know it's just the dedication and, and hard work. I think what it really comes down to for for, for me uh, getting getting to the two thousand winner mark, and um, and if you're watching at home, there is a slight delay on the line, so uh, uh, do be, do bear with us uh, if you didn't see an instant reaction to uh, Paul there saying how pleased he was to get to two thousand successes. 
Paul, the part of the story this week has been that it was at Newcastle. Uh, you've, you've reached this important landmark at Newcastle, the race course where you had this terrible fall earlier on in the year, which might have actually ended that career, but uh, turned out to be a rest before you were able to return. Yeah, so um, it was quite a scary moment. I actually fractured my uh, T3, T4 and T6 in a fall in uh, February at Newcastle, would you believe? Um, so I actually didn't didn't think I was going to make it back at all, um, which was uh, a really scary moment, you know, not not in my racing career, but just in, in, in the whole of my life, really. Um, so to get back and, and, and do the 2000... Uh, winners at, at, at Newcastle itself was uh, was was quite remarkable and um, yeah it's <laughs> you could probably write write start writing a book now. Well, yeah, um, we'll 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 discuss some of the other chapters in the book in in just a second. You, but you did just say there, you know, you did those the T three T four T six. Now that sounds very technical to me. It sounds horrible, but it's uh, it's obviously quite technical. What what does that actually mean? How serious? Uh, T3, T4, T6 to go and uh, damage? Um, my specialist would probably explain it much better than me, Cornelius, but uh, the T3, T4 and T6 is probably just in between, well, it is in between your shoulder blades. And um, I was, uh, like, straight after the accident, when I actually, actually on, on the track, I tried to get up and I couldn't. Uh, which, which is uh, not not a nice feeling at all. And um, cut a long story short, I was in a a, a lot of pain, um, and I couldn't really get much done. And it was only until um, I had the operation uh, that what it was a really success, really successful operation. And then it was onwards, onwards and upwards. And then uh, Jack Berry, um, Jack Berry House in Moulton. So uh, it, it it was a very serious. Uh, very serious injury. And you've used the word scary quite a lot when you really were struggling to move. So can you put into words how scary? You, you, you've been a champion jockey. You've reached so many, one classics, reached so many great heights in racing. You say scary. So how scary? Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Um... You know, I'm 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 luckily luckily enough to be very very good friends with Freddie Talicki. Um and I think everyone knows he wasn't as lucky as I was um, after his you know life changing fall that day. Um, so I say scary; it's probably an understatement. Um, there's lots of thoughts kind of going through through, through your mind. Um, you kind of know it's a bad one when 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 you, when when you come down. I think a lot of riders will vouch for that. You know straight away how bad it is, um, and it's really not much about you thinking about your career. Uh, you're thinking about how your life's going to be. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I I knew I knew it was a bad one, and it's going to take a lot to get back uh, uh, and. You know, someone was probably looking down on me and uh, I made it back. Well, look, Paul, we're going to take you back to your, your early years in, in uh, Warrington in just a second. But w we've been talking about the Breeders' Cup a lot today. 
Uh, you'll have been watching the races from Keeneland last night. Tom Eaves, uh, the Kevin Ryan team, glass slippers. Uh, it struck me, and uh, you better believe it as well, for the Nigel Tinkler team with Rowan Scott riding on, on Friday night. Really striking about how good those results were for flat race, British flat racing's northern circuit. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, the, watching Tom Eaves come past the line, I mean, we, met, we, we, we were just talking earlier about my, uh, my accident and um, Tom Eaves actually came with me to the hospital and stayed with me um, till, till, till my wife got there. Um, so, you know, it, it was just a fantastic moment for a fantastic guy and so pleased for Kevin Ryan, uh, great trainer, um, but to watch Tom Eaves win 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 a, win a uh, Breeders' Cup, you know, one of your one of your best mates, who you know has who works hard every day, um, one of the nicest guys, and you mentioned Rowan Scott as well, uh, you know, fantastic up, up and coming rider. Um, it, it's just great great to see Nigel Tinkler, local trainer in Moulton. Um, you know, it, it was just fantastic to watch. You mentioned Moulton. You're, you're a, a Moulton person now. You've been adopted by Moulton, part of the Richard Fahey operation with that break when you, you travelled to Newmarket, for, went down to Newmarket for a while. But you're from Warrington initially. And, um, well, you end up being a champion flat jockey, but A, you wanted to be a footballer, and B, I think you might have wanted to play rugby league as well, and, and you wanted to be a jump jockey. So, so talk us through this sort of sporting odyssey. You, you, you must have all day, uh, Cornelius. Uh, but uh, well, we haven't actually. It quite so. short. Um, it was. <laughs> it, it, it was really. Um, I followed my I followed my dad down. who had a brief stint in racing to uh, a local racing yard, which was Terry Caldwell, who who, who had a, a few jumpers. Uh, got got to know the game through his sons, who I owe so much to uh, Peter Caldwell and and, and Paddy. Um, and it was just really. I was playing football. I, I keep using this this excuse uh, that that my size re really mattered, but I think what it came down to, I just wasn't quite good enough. <laughs> so um, I was uh, my, 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 my parents are um, big rugby league fans. Uh, they're season ticket holders at, at Warrington, um, so it's been rugby and, and, and football. But um, I think once I got the bug of uh, of, of, of the horses and, and, and the racing. Um, I actually, um, I, I, I got my mind made up, and uh, I had a, a few summer holidays at, at, at Malcolm Jefferson's, where where I really wanted to be uh, a jump jockey and got the jump jockey bug. Um, thankfully, I stayed light, and uh, he he moved me on to uh, Richard Fahey's, and uh, that was about 17 years old. I mean, I must have. I must have a big say, uh, say a big uh, thank you to the British Racing School as well, which I went to on the uh, on, on a nine-week course, and um, I think it's a must for kind of every young uh, young person going into the sport. Is uh, the racing schools are a, a massive help. But after the racing school, it was on to Richard Fahey's then.
Yeah, and, uh, well, we'll, we'll go yeah, to Richard Pahi now. I was going to allow you to talk about football, but as, an, as a supporter of Everton, I'm not going to allow you to talk about Liverpool. Uh, but uh, I'll say a grudging <laughs> congratulations for the fact they must have cheered you up during the summer. Uh, so uh, let's, get, let's move much more quickly on to Richard Fahis, with whom you've had this extraordinary association for a long time. We were talking on the programme earlier on about how Kim Bailey and David Bass uh, work together, and they're quite different people. It always strikes me... You and Richard Fahey are quite different. You're, you're, you're very quiet. Uh, uh, he's a, a little bit noisier. I think that's probably a fair thing to say. But you're obviously a combination that works as a really sort of heady cocktail together. Absolutely. I think it's kind of worked from, um, from, such, an, from such, a, for such a long time. Um, kind of... I, I, I know he's the boss, um, you know, we're very good friends, but I know who the boss is. Um, he, 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 he's, he's got that kind of way about him where, you know, he doesn't tie you down um, with, with, with lots of orders. He kind of lets you go out and, you know, obviously we, we'll, we'll discuss the race, but he kind of lets you go out and, and, and do your own thing, which is, for, for a jockey's point of view, is, is, is huge. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's rode um, himself, so he kind of knows what can happen and what can't. And I think when you know you can have that um, trust in, in, in someone and, and, and belief and, uh, and, and confidence is, is a huge, huge bonus um, for, for, for a jockey. When you were champion jockey, he took you to Vegas to celebrate. I, I just can't get Hannigan in Vegas into my mind, I'm afraid. Uh, am I being unkind? <laughs> it's probably one for the book, if I do ever get a book out. Um, yeah. Um, what? Uh, it, it, it was kind of a last-minute thing, really. He, 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 it was Rich's um, decision that said, "Look, you know, we both had a tough season, a great season. You've championed Jackie. Let's just let's just get on a plane and, and, and go to Vegas for a week." It didn't really go down too well with with, with, with my wife, <laughs> um, who who hadn't seen me all for the flat season, then decided I was off to Vegas, but. Um, to be quite honest, I can't really remember much of it myself because I think I got to Vegas and, and slept for the whole week, in all honesty. So uh, it, it's a bit of a blur. <laughs> well, uh, a, a diplomatic answer uh, there, I suspect. So when you, you had this big offer to go and work for Sheikh Hamdan al-Maktoum, move to Newmarket, what a wrench that must have been to, to have left this guy that you were getting on so brilliantly. What a wrench for, for, for both of you. Yeah, I'm not afraid to uh, admit it, but I absolutely went round there and just cried my eyes out, really, because, um, <laughs> believe it or not, I actually turned it down first time, and uh, I was quite happy the way things the the, the way things were going. Um, you know, settled, champion jockey for the first time, and uh, I, I was quite happy. But you know, I I came, they came back with an offer I, I couldn't really. Uh, refuse, and uh, I thought I owe it to my family as well, you know, to, uh, to, to 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 give it a go. But I think what it comes down to, and what sums Richard up really, was uh, he, you know, said to me in the end, 
you've, you've, you've got to give this a go. They've come back for the second time and, uh, you know, go and give it a go. And uh, that, that, that was one thing through my career that I probably won't, won't ever forget. Um, but it, it, it was a very, very, very tough day. And you, you say you, you didn't regret it. You obviously rode some really good horses. Then when you came back to Yorkshire again, um, things didn't sort of take off straight away, but you must have been just delighted to be back with, with your mate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think the plan was always kind of to, to come back uh, north maybe not as 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 soon as <laughs> as soon as the four and a half years but uh, the plan was always kind of to move back come back north because look I moved here from Warrington when I was 17 um so this is kind of home now um you know family and friends um are, are, are close by so uh like I, no no regrets at all um I mean Newmarket is is quite a unique place, but luckily we we were we 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 met some fantastic uh, people and and friends that that we've that will be uh, friends for life. Um, they're probably going to hate me saying this, but uh, Nugents and, and and the Wileys are, are, are very very close to heart from from meeting them. Um, but you know, no 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 regrets. But it, it's nice nice to be back home. Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti at Cruel Dubai.